0: I am now joined in the studio by the lovely Matthew Smith. Kia ora. Hello. Welcome onto the show. Great now, to be here. Thanks. I've got like all of the fellows from the panel at the DPA coming onto the show at some point. So you're number two. Sorry, I've numbered you. You're number two on the show today. <laughs> the rank
1: of importance. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Almost at the top, but not quite. <laughs> yeah. Of course, um, the
1: Mozart fellow first. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> and you are the Caroline Plummer Fellow for mm-hmm. 2018. Do you that's want to great. talk to us a wee bit about what that entails?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, That's uh, uh, it's actually the Caroline Plummer uh, fellow in community dance, and it's an initiative that was um, started by Caroline Plummer's family. She was a student here, and sadly, she um, she contracted a terminal illness while while being a student. And uh, she was very much into dance, and she believed uh, very strongly in the power of dance to change people's lives and to be a positive influence in the community, in terms of you know social cohesion. And, uh, yeah, movement for health, I suppose, is, was an element of that. But, yeah, just sharing enjoyment uh, of movement. Mm. And uh, she finished her, uh, she graduated, and then, uh, and then she died. And uh, it's a super sad story. I actually had a friend who was there at the funeral. Um, it was very moving because she's, she sounds like she was a really extraordinary woman who, uh, you know, in her short life, touched a lot of people. And so her family set up the fellowship um, through the university, and I think it's running 12, 13 years. Wow. I'm not sure exactly how long. It's rel- it's, I think it's one of the newer yeah. uh, Arts Fellows things. That I are. think
0: it was established in 2003, so right. 15 years. 15 years, yeah, yep. yep.
1: so not not that long. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic.
0: Mm. And what's your history in terms of dance?
1: Uh well uh, funnily enough I started in Dunedin I'm oh, cool. a I'm a local Dunedin boy and uh I went to Tiger Boys High <laughs> school and uh which you know like uh Ataga Boys was uh, very known for its you know for rugby and for for that kind of stuff and uh but they actually had a quite a strong um cultural thing and uh I was known as the defect prefect at <laughs> uh, in my seventh form because they recognized that I was doing a lot of cultural things um, but, yeah, the other lads, you know, kind of giving me a bit <laughs> of a ribbing for that. Because I, I, I was always very physical, but wasn't into um, sport mm. in the same way as some of the other lads. I was more into music, drama, and uh, hence why I got called the defect prefect. <laughs> <laughs> um, and while I was there, uh, a, a dance company came into the school. So you can thank Otago Boys for doing that. They brought yeah. in a Footnote Dance Company. And up until that point i didn 't really know what dancing was, but when it came across my path, I was like, "Oh, this fits me because I was always a very physical kid, uh just not sport oriented as i said and uh and and I liked music, and this was seemed to be putting it all together mm. and uh the workshop was just for four days or something." But watching the workshop was Shona Dunlop-McTavish, who's one of Dunedin and New Zealand's dance icons. She's 97 now, so wow. she, was, she was old <laughs> then. But she's, uh, yeah, she's an amazing woman, incredible life that she's had in dance. And she saw me uh, there, and she invited me to um, attend her class, which is just opposite the road from the oh, studio. Wow. Yeah, there was a dance studio as part of the Vizet School, and uh, so I started doing that and then when i came to the university i kept that going and i uh eventually i i took on fazit um i was doing arts was doing philosophy and art history as and then i thought oh well we'll get the mind body let's not have that split <laughs> uh, uh and so i started fazit and um they had a bit of a dance program but it just didn't satisfy me it wasn't enough so mm-hmm. i stopped my university studies so it's kind of ironic because the Caroline plumber at the moment is under the phys ed school. So I, I, you know, I had to introduce myself to the staff, and I was like, "Well, actually, um, I just lasted a year before I, you know, don't judge me." <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, and then I went to um, the UniTech, mm. and I trained there.
0: Cool. Uh, up in Auckland. Auckland.
1: Yeah. Which was he- at that stage headed by Ellie East, mm. who is running the dance program here now. <laughs> so life is sort of completing this weird circle, and I've returned back, and she's still here and i'm dancing and teaching sometimes in the studio mm. where i had my first classes with shona wow. so it's it's uh it's even more full circle in my life in in the sense that i shona in the 1930s cuz she's that old was uh dancing in vienna uh for a, a modern dance company the Bodenvisa visa company mm. and uh and then before the second world war broke out she was influential in getting her away and i ended up living for a long time in vienna as part of my international dance career so that was another little um circular path you know i was back in her stomping ground yeah you know a few years later (laughs) i'm not that old yeah
0: (laughs) where else have you been dancing and teaching internationally
1: yeah i've um, i've been fortunate i um i have I uh, worked in I think around 50 countries mm. in the world as a combination of um, teaching, dance a- or being a performer. Right. And the main places I worked in was um, Austria and Vienna and the other place that I worked um, a lot was Norway. Which is where I met my wife, and she's been courageous enough to come to New Zealand. (laughs) uh,
0: (laughs) The climate's a bit similar. Yeah, yeah, there's something (laughs) Nordic. Yeah, that's right.
1: That's it. Yeah, slightly glacial.
0: (laughs) And which of those 50 countries had the most profound effect on your practice?
1: Oh, that's interesting. There's different things that have influenced me in different ways, I guess. Um, One thing that influenced me was being in Benin, in West Africa. That was interesting because uh, I was observing the children there, and I was thinking, there's something strange about these kids, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And then I realized the thing that was strange about them was just how well-coordinated they were at such a young age. And I kept that um, thought in the back of my head so that when I uh, created my um, proposal to the Caroline Plummer, Committee about what I'd like to do if I received the fellowship. Mm. I wanted to do something with fathers and babies and movement and dance because I could see the positive effect on those children. Yeah. Yeah. Early, you know, it's weird. They 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 like little adults because they're just so in their bodies. That's crazy. And I didn't have that vibe. Uh, you know, when I look at kids more Western. Western culture yeah yeah
0: yeah. and in terms of the fellowship um, are you finding that being given that time to not have those extra distractions whether it's having another job or you know people that work in the arts generally Mm -hmm. have to support themselves other ways Mm -hmm. while they're doing what they love are you finding that space is really helping the creative process as well at the moment
1: I think in theory it would except for I chose not to do that actually I I made a um, I asked the Caroline Plummer committee if I could actually have have my fellowship spread over the entire year, and part of that was because I've just recently uh, completed my master's in osteopathy. Uh, that's something that I did um, part time overseas and then finished it off in New Zealand. Wow. And so, and I d- made the decision when I got the fellowship um, that I wanted to move back to Dunedin to okay. my hometown, and so it seemed to me more logical also for the programs that I wanted to run, which are kind of class based. That would give me the opportunity to run classes, you know, weekly classes over many more weeks if Mm. I could spread it across the whole year. Cool. So sadly, no, I am uh, doing quite a lot of different things, and yeah, it's um, that's a challenge. I'm also a new father. Oh, congrats! uh, Yeah, thanks. (laughs) He's eight months old, so big learning curves, and uh, so no, I'm probably uh, I would like that um, concentration, but there's this kind of synergy. Between all the different strands that I've woven together, so yeah. the osteopathy work informs my understanding of movement. My understanding of movement informs my osteopathy. Mm. My uh, my programs for Caroline Plummer are health related. I wanted to weave that together. So, yeah.
0: Where are you at with those programs at the moment? Um,
1: I. I think I'm lucky. I I because I'm from here. It's uh, I think there's an orientation period for many people mm. who come. You know, from you know they need to understand the cultural context in which they exist yeah. for for them to set up their projects. And I didn't have that issue, so I set up my uh, I've got one program which is for elderly men. My my the loose um, title of the the my um, fellowship projects was the lifespan project. Okay, and I wanted to do things for um, older people, but I also wanted to do things for right at the beginning with babies, and uh, I had other ideas as well for kind of the in between, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the in between humans. Uh, but I was also encouraged to streamline a little bit what I'd proposed in order to make it uh, realistic. Yeah. So I've concentrated on the start and the finish. So. Um, So where I am at is I've set up the Fathers and Babies Project. That took a while to get going, and the first class of that will be next Friday. Oh, great. And that's a collaboration with um, Catholic Social Services because when I first arrived, I had a look around to see what other people are doing. Mm. And they were the only ones that had had programs for fathers and babies, and Mm -hmm. so I I thought it made sense to kind of – but it took a while to – Liaise with them and get to yeah, know them and sure. set things up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's starting soon. But the, I had another program for the for elderly men. Yeah, or older men. Uh, I haven't actually defined the age. It just depends on uh, h- how you, as a man, perceive yourself. Mm-hmm. So actually, I have a spread of of ages in my group. There's a guy, he's 58, he's a professional, Yeah. and then the eldest is 92, coming up to 92. So there's a bit of an age spread in that group, and I set that up quite quickly. So that was within about six weeks of being here. Great. Yeah, Yeah. and so that's been going for quite a while now. Um, And so originally those were going to be just my two projects, Mm. just to focus on those, and kind of consider them as pilot projects. But then, as I was surveying what was being done for the elderly, I, I came across um, the Steady as You Go program, which is it's not dance, but it's a movement program for falls prevention, mm. and uh, it was close to what I had in mind for my elderly men. So, I was like, okay, well, this is already being done. What could I bring to the table that might um, create? Uh, something complementary or, you know, because this program's been running for, I think, more than 10 years um, and it's the same program. So those people, you know, they they know that program very well, but they kind (laughs) of, some of them are quite ready for something else to challenge them. So i have collaborating with Age Concern to develop a complementary class to the Steady As You Go uh, and I will research outcomes with that as well as with my um, elderly men so taking baseline measurements they do the class and then uh, after a certain amount of time we'll retest them and we'll see to what degree has this class Great. influenced their um, their balance their their ability to stand and walk these kind of things which are um, part of what I'm interested in but not the in- entire goal of mm. it, yeah
0: yeah you know. what's the holistic end goal for those programs
1: uh, I think it's my idea is mostly I'm interested in how people can take movement um, and some of it's informed by my dance practice mm. but take movement and because what we see in the contemporary culture is a kind of dearth of movement you know there's a where um, there's a strong sedentary element yeah and you know you see it at the university you see it everywhere mm-hmm. and um, and we have this idea that we can do exercise as a counterpoint to that, but that doesn't actually seem to pan out in the research. You know, it seems as though all those hours of sitting that we end up doing, uh, we can't just undo it with a an intense bout at the gym for an hour at the end of the day. It mm-hmm. does, you know, the human body doesn't seem to work like that. So what we need to do is actually rethink a little bit how we approach exercise and movement, and it seems to me the best thing is to weave movement in, to your daily life mm. um not just at one end of the day but throughout your day so my programs the the movements that i teach to the elderly and also will teach to the fathers and babies is about um how they can increase the amount of movement that they have in their day uh as a counterpoint to their perhaps um more sedentary jobs or yeah yeah situations that they find them and so I'm I'm wanting people to sprinkle dance into their daily life. Is yeah. basically what I'm I, I'm kind of about. Well, fun and but I also have functional movement perspectives as well. So, yeah. yeah. And
0: what difference do you believe dance and maybe those functional movements as well have holistically on the community? And then kind of if we think outwards a bit more globally as well, if more people had a bit more of this in their lives,
1: I, I think um, if people were moving a lot more. I mean if you look historically that I think that's really interesting if you look at our evolutionary background um you know we uh, historically were hunter and gatherer society and if you look at modern hunter and gatherers it's not a perfect um facsimile or you know example but um those people uh the the amount of movement that is in a daily life is is so much more than what we do so my belief is that if we can move more, we will benefit in so many ways. Mm. You know, there's lots of research to to show that exercise and movement and dance and dance especially because uh, can be beneficial to the elderly because of uh, you know those that are at risk of Alzheimer's and things like that. There's mm. quite a lot of interesting stuff. The relationship between music and rhythm, um, uh, and and movement and the complexity of movement. I think that's an important detail. That's what dance brings. Maybe exercises and prescriptive exercises in the field of health, which I'm involved in, are a little too treating the human like a, a machine. you mm-hmm. know. And you, know, you often see very um, s- simplified movement from, f- I find simplified from the point of view of a dancer. Mm. You go, this is really basic. It's like the, the human body is moving in a single plane of motion. You know, a human body is not a single plane <laughs> of motion thing. It operates in three dimensions, and all movements are spirals. So, uh yeah, trying to introduce that degree of nuance is is an element of it, and I suppose the other side of it is we get prescriptive, so we impose movements on, and I'm doing that in my programs. Okay. I suggest movements, yeah, but the person the other approach is to explore movement to think about how it feels, uh improvise with movement, and research with movement. Those elements I also want to introduce to my programs. We do that a lot. That's just what dancing is all about, especially uh, I I'm I specialised in contemporary dance, and so for the art for artistic purposes, we are always researching movement for, you know, for the goal of putting it on stage for it to be unique in some way. So it's not just the same movement that someone else did last year. You know, like how do you be novel? Yeah. Um, but that approach uh, allows you to develop a subtlety with your body. It allows you to think uh, in multiplicities of of movements, so the same movement, slight variations is actually a different movement, you know, Mm. so I I am slowly bringing it in, introducing improvisation into my classes, so I, I do movements that I think are beneficial from a health perspective. But that they can uh play with it, you know mm. giving permission for an adult to play, you know. <laughs> when I watch my son, he's just doing it naturally, yeah he's like all, all movement is is play, and he's uh experiencing the full possibilities of different movements, and yeah, so I'm interested in encouraging adults to do the same, yeah
0: are you involved with and consider the mental health side of that as well
1: um no, not so much, although okay. uh um I do consider it, a, it in in some ways, like, uh, and I can see it in, in for example in my more men moving more. Uh, you can see. Is um, that
0: the program the with el- the elderly? The yeah, uh,
1: the elderly men. Okay. Yeah, so the sister program. I'm also creating a program. It's not gendered, but okay. So the other program is the complementary program to steady as you go, which borrows a lot from the more men moving more. I hope I'm making sense <laughs> to you, you <laughs> listeners. <laughs> it all makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. Um, yeah, so uh, what I see is camaraderie developing, mm-hmm. social connections amongst people who were uh, uh, initially strangers.
0: Does it help with that isolation that the elderly yeah, I, often I, feel as well?
1: I, I, at least in one case, uh, it does. You okay. know, like for him, uh, there's one guy. He's 88. He comes and it's he looks forward to it. Uh, it's you know he describes it as a highlight in his day. Um, you know, he doesn't have so many other things necessarily mm. to be occupied with. So for him it's working like that and i think that's the beauty of the steady as you go program you see that too these groups become you know the benefit uh the movement is a secondary benefit and the primary benefit seems to be the social connections that are being made and uh, and that of course improving you know yeah. a, a healthy body healthy mind social cohesion social interaction so important yeah but um, and I may do it in terms of uh, some questionnaires in terms of looking at uh, uh, well being but at the moment i 've been working more from a physical perspective okay yeah.
0: and are these programs full already, or are there still spaces for people to join
1: um, The fathers and babies class uh, you can you can contact me or you can contact um, Catholic social services mm-hmm. I actually don 't know how many people have enrolled. Okay. The More Men Moving More is quite a small group, um, so I've been considering up until now that it's a pilot thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, as I um, said to the committee, I had a meeting to give them um, an update. And I said, well, my project's called More Men Moving More. It's not a few guys doing a little bit of movement. So I'm uh, I'm wanting to reach out now and uh, draw more in. So, mm.
0: so if anyone listening thinks that may be beneficial beneficial to themselves Absolutely. or someone they yeah. know, they can get in contact with you? Yes, or,
1: or uh, in the case of the More Men Moving More or the sister program uh, to Steady As You Go, um, you can do that through uh, contacting Age Concern. Okay, yeah. cool. And there's an amazing woman there, Margaret Dando, who... Uh, is involved with the Steady As You Go, Yes, yeah. she's she's been assisting me and um, one of the ideas that I had for the project was uh, to create a kind of resource so that someone who was interested in emulating what I've been doing could right. also do it Yeah. Uh, and then so when I watched the Steady As You Go I saw ah this is interesting this is not quite what I had in mind but it is a peer-led um, a program so it starts off being um, the movements get taught by someone specialized. Mm. Uh, and then that gets taught to peer leaders. And then they start groups and they teach. And the, all the exercises or movements are on a um, CD. Great. And so yeah. they just play the CD and that guides them through. Uh, and so you can imagine 10 years listening to the same CD <laughs> for some people. So other people enjoy that, you yeah. know, revisiting the same thing again and again. There's, there is a virtue in that as well. Um, But yeah, so that's what I'm going to do is to create a, um, do the same thing for the both of those elderly classes. For the fathers and babies, I have a resource on the internet, I've created a YouTube channel which anyone can visit, it's called A Moving Dad, and at the moment I just have four films on there, but it's going to gradually expand out across the year, and it's explorations and movement and dance. Uh, from the perspective of parenthood, Mm -hmm. from the perspective of a father, and um, with the idea that that can support your baby's development, but also you yourself can uh, explore your own development in that relationship. So I'm interested in the fathers improving their health outcomes through that interaction as well.
0: Fantastic, and tomorrow you are going to be on a panel of five fellows at the Mm -hmm. Dunedin Public Art Gallery. Could you give us a wee overview of what that's going to entail?
1: Um, I'm not actually, if you know, no, I'm not (laughs) slightly ignorant. I know that each um, fellow will speak a little bit, and I think it's um, that you know it's going to there will be an MC. So it's uh, I think you know I'm not you know that's a a paradox with artistic people. It's not always comfortable with public speaking yeah. uh, i guess for me it's a little different because i have worked as a teacher so i'm a little bit more used to that harrowing experience and um so yeah i think probably each fellow will get maybe up to 10 minutes to speak a little bit about where they're at mm. and uh, and i think we'll i'm not sure i think one of the fellows might be Getting towards the end, the, one of the writing ones was shorter, I think. Raymond? Yeah, Raymond Huber? I think his is yeah. a six-month. Okay. So there's variance in terms of how long each fellowship runs for. Yeah, I believe yeah.
0: Um, Dylan Lardelli, who was on the show just previously, his can span even two years, the Mozart oh, right. Fellowship. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of different timelines. that he was number
1: one.
0: Yes. <laughs> That's <Yes>. why.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: um, and will there be a chance for the audience to ask questions tomorrow? Do you know?
1: Uh, I don't know that, but I presume so. Okay. I think I think they'll be looking to open the floor.
0: Cool. Is that yeah. important to you? I yeah, absolutely. Audience.
1: I'm always interested in in uh, in what people are you know how they respond to what they hear. Mm. Sometimes uh, you know it might uh, allow you a question might help me think differently about you know people come with suggestions. Have yeah. you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Um, so yeah, I think that's important. Mm. I'm not sh- I'm not sure. Again, it might be to do with the degree of. Comfortability that yeah. people have fielding questions. And
0: Is there going to be yeah. any collaboration between the fellows as well?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think so because unless those collaborations were built into the proposals mm-hmm. for those fellowships, um, then yeah, I, I don't think anyone would have had that in mind. Yeah.
0: It would be Mm. nice to see if anyone (laughs) ended up working together. It's just a really interesting mix of people that's going to be on the panel tomorrow. Right, yeah, different Um, humans. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. This has been a really fantastic chat with you about what you have going on. um, And all the best for those programs that are up and coming in Dunedin. Thank you very much. And good on you for coming back to your community and putting back into it after being away for so long. Absolutely, that's one
1: of the best things that I get out of it, actually.
0: Yeah, is that one of the more important important things. Absolutely.
1: You? Yeah, connecting with people I might not have ordinarily connected with. Yeah. Also the different age spans. Of it's, course. that's so, so great.
0: I guess you learn a lot from uh, those yeah. older <laughs> people as well, right?
1: Also learn some <laughs> excellent <laughs> jokes as well. You'd be surprised. <laughs>
0: All right. And if people are interested in those programs, they can either contact you. Um, the Catholic services, or Catholic age
1: social services, yeah, age or concern. age concerned. Cool. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Or right. of course through the university. As oh yeah, of course. way through. So it, yeah, it's under the Fazend School currently. Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, all the best for the panel tomorrow as Thank well. Thank you very much. I'll be in the audience cheering you guys. On. Be like,
1: I've heard it all before. <laughs> <laughs>